You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Good morning, Radiant Church. So good to see all of you on this Sunday morning. If you are new, again, my name is Marco. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you so much for making Radiant a part of your weekend. I just want to reiterate something Victoria said. She highlighted this Friday night is our first uh, worship and prayer night for the month, and we'd love for you uh, to join us from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. This is a corporate time of worship and prayer, and uh, we're going to be praying for guidance and leadership from the Lord. And so if you are in a need or in a season where you need guidance or you're seeking wisdom from God for whatever the case might be, we would love to have you come on out, worship and pray with us. We believe it's going to be a powerful night together. Well, today we are in part number two, actually, of our Seek series. And I know I introduced this last week with Psalm 63, but today officially begins our 21-day journey. And again, Seek is all about sort of slowing down and recalibrating our hearts to the things of God, placing our focus where it needs to be. You know, so often, I said this last week, the holidays are characterized by just kind of craziness and busyness and lots of food and presents and preparations. And my heart for Seek is, I want it to be the opposite, actually. I want it to be a time where we slow it down just a bit and there's not so much going on in our schedule. And instead, we're shifting all of our focus, more of our attention on God himself. And there are three elements, or we could say three components of seek. And I mentioned this last week, but I want to reiterate it this week. The three components are this. Number one, there's scripture. Number two, there's prayer. And number three, there's fasting. Those three elements are key, uh, a, a key part to our Seek series. So I want you to begin to decide right now, what will you read through in the Bible? I want you to make that decision today so you can begin to uh, engage God's Word. My wife and I, we're reading through the Gospel of Matthew, and so every single day we're Uh, reading through a chapter in Matthew's gospel, and we're taking a few minutes to discuss it. So what will you read, though? What will you read with your spouse? And then carve out a time and a place for praying every single day. And of course, we'll talk about fasting, actually, today. Those three things are a major component when it comes to seek. Now, I was at the Y uh, this week, and I ran into a couple from church that I had not met before, and they're like, Pastor Marco. And I was like, hey, I don't know you, but now I know you. And so <laughs> that happens uh, often, actually. And they're like, hey, we loved your message on Psalm 63. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And, and then he says to me, you know, him and his wife, he's like, we're, we're reading through a psalm a day. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's, that's what it's all about, like right there. Again, I want you to do what the Lord is leading you to do. So ask God today, God, what would you have me do during seek? I want you to ask that from God because I want every one of us to participate in seek at some level. I don't want this to just be you're watching me participate in it and you're watching a few people in the band participate in it. No, this is 
the church corporately, we were participating in this 21-day journey of scripture, prayer, and fasting. And today, again, I'll talk more about fasting. And we're going to look at the beginning of Luke chapter 4. And this is uh, essentially, Jesus is about to begin his ministry here uh, on the earth. But instead of beginning to preach and teach, the Holy Spirit actually leads Jesus out into the wilderness or the desert. And it's there that Jesus has this, like this showdown, essentially, this one-on-one battle with Satan himself. It's pretty intriguing. It's quite a fa- fascinating story if you've never read it. I want to just begin this morning by looking at two verses in the beginning of Luke chapter 4. And if you have a Bible, you can join me. If you don't, I want you to uh, pay attention to the words on the screen. Engage your heart uh, as we look and open God's word. Here's what the beginning of Luke chapter 4 says. Luke records this. He says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I think this is kind of interesting because last week we talked about the wilderness, didn't we? David, Psalm 63, This David was also driven out into the wilderness. It was a place where David longed for God. It was a place where it seemed like God was distant from David. And here again, I think it's interesting, it's fascinating that we see the Holy Spirit, what? Driving Jesus out into the wilderness, right? At times, at times, God will lead you into the wilderness. Why? Because he wants to remove some things from your life. And so rather than fight against it, maybe we should embrace it. Because here Jesus is being led into the wilderness or the desert or the lonely place. It literally means that in the Greek language. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those 40 days. And at the end of them he was hungry. Kind of an obvious statement. Thank you, Luke, right? Let's take a few moments. We're going to dive into the rest of this message. But I want to pray for us first. And then we're going to get in today and talk about what is fasting, the purpose of it, uh, biblical examples, and what are the benefits of fasting for the believer. So let's pray together. God, we love you, and we do thank you so much for this season of Seek. And Lord, we just, um, I just want to say, um, or take a moment to pray. I know there's a lot of people who are sick and under the weather, and we've got a smaller team on stage today because of that. Um, so many viruses and flus going around, Lord. Lord, would you just heal um, our church, <laughs> heal those who are sick. Lord, heal those who are, have been hospitalized. Lord, raise bodies up, Lord. So corporately, we just pray for every single person. Whatever the ailment is, it doesn't matter, God. We ask for healing in this body, Lord. Would you bring divine healing, Lord, as we call out, as we cry out to you, God. We thank you, God, that you are a healer. Now, Lord, open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to see the beauty of what you want to say to us from Scripture today. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Luke chapter 4, many of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture. And if you're not, listen, I want to encourage you, read the rest of the story this afternoon. We're not going to do that, actually. But in this story, Jesus is led into the wilderness and He um, goes on a 40-day fast, and he has this battle with Satan himself, with the devil. 
And Luke records three different conversations that Jesus has with the devil. And the devil is tempting Jesus. He wants Jesus to sin. And every single time the devil comes at him, I love this, Jesus uses Scripture as his weapon. Now, we're not going to talk about that, but I think there's something powerful in that, right? That the Word of God is our weapon in times of temptation. Amen, right? Psalm 1911, or 119.11, the psalmist says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if you, listen, are doing battle against the enemy, the only, truly the only weapon that you have is the word of God. And we see this modeled by Jesus himself. And I think it's interesting because there's a lot that we can learn from these temptations and how they impact our life. But that's for another time, another sermon, a different place. Today, I actually want to highlight something that I believe is often overlooked in this passage of Scripture, and it's this. It's the fact, I want to emphasize, that Jesus fasted for 40 days while in the midst of his testing. Jesus ate no food. That's remarkable, isn't it? It's quite fascinating if you ask me. Perhaps you would be thinking, because I would be thinking this, I am thinking this, I thought this, man, wouldn't Jesus want to be well-nourished, right? After all, he's going into the battle. Wouldn't Jesus want all the falafel and the chickpeas and the hummus that he could possibly get his hands on, right? After all, that would help to bring him good nutrition. He'd be energized. He'd be ready to go one-on-one with Satan. I was reading a journal this week in the men's journal. Uh, it's an article in the men's journal online. It was written by a dietitian named Ryan Turner. And Ryan Turner helps to train and really equip amateur and professional athletes. He works for uh, New York University. And Ryan Turner talks about this idea that in athletics, if you're a professional or semi-professional athlete, that nutrition is like fundamental. It's key to your performance. And in this article, Ryan Turner, he makes a recommendation that about two to three hours before a game, athletes should eat a full meal. And he recommends lean protein and um, carbohydrates and, of course, two cups of vegetables, all for this nutritious meal before they go into a game. And you would think, and this is what we would expect from a professional dietitian, right? Few up before the big game, and that equates to success on the court or on the field. This is a professional. I mean, he does this for a living. He has the academic degree. He works with athletes every single day, probably. However, this is not what we're seeing in Luke chapter 4, right? This is not what Jesus is doing. Again, wouldn't it make more sense for Jesus to have had a full meal, to be fully energized by this meal before going into battle? It would, unless, listen, there's a spiritual element about fasting that we're missing. Unless there's a spiritual element about fasting that we're missing. I want to jump to, in just a second here, to verse 14. And this is after the fact, after the temptations, Jesus is making his way out of the wilderness. And notice what Luke writes 
in verse 14. He says this, Jesus returned to Galilee. And notice what, notice what is underlined, church. It says, in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. Leave that verse up there, if you would, for just a few more moments. Jesus returns to Galilee. Listen, he hadn't eaten a meal yet, just so you know. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Okay, check this out. Let, let's get this straight. So Jesus fasts for 40 days. He doesn't eat anything, okay? And then he goes into this battle with the devil, with, where the devil tempts Jesus to, to sin and to walk away from his calling. Shouldn't Luke have written, Jesus returned to Galilee Weak, malnourished, and hungry? I mean, that's what I would think, right? But Luke does nothing of the like. What Luke says instead is that Jesus returns fully in the full power of the Spirit. And I think, here's the, here's the case, church. I think that Luke wants us to connect the dots, to, to make or to put the pieces together, that there's a correlation between fasting, prayer, the power of God. Now, some of you are like health junkies in here, and you already know about like the many benefits of fasting, okay? And we'll talk about some of those benefits, but I'm going to talk about the spiritual benefits of fasting this morning, this correlation between prayer and fasting, the power of God. I think it's interesting that, that, that Jesus' time in the wilderness was not marked by weakness, but by power and victory. Come on, someone. That's good. His time in the wilderness was not a, a time of weakness. It was a time of power and victory. So let's define fasting so we're all on the same page. Here's a simple definition. Fasting is refraining from food for a specific period of time for a spiritual purpose. Okay? It's refraining from food for a specific period of time for a spiritual purpose. Purpose. Now listen, there's a lot of other health benefits to fasting. Uh, you can do your own research on that. There's lots of good things that happen with fasting. But I'm talking about the spiritual implications of going on a fast. And I want to just begin by saying this. Listen, before you're like, oh, Marco, that's like for the crazies. That's for those, those crazy Christians that sit closer to the front. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I, don't want, I don't want any part of this fasting thing. I like my cheeseburgers and I like, I like to pull in through the McDonald's drive-thru right when I get up, right, right after I get ready and take my shower. First thing, Marco, I hit is a sausage McMuffin. Praise God for that sausage McMuffin. And, and, and I want to just, I want to assure you, fasting is not just for the fanatics. It's, and we should all be fanatics for Jesus. Come on, right? Fasting is not just for the extreme or for the elite Christian or for the pastor ooh, or for the real spiritual person. That's not, that's not the case at all. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus makes it clear. Jesus outlines three different, three different Christian duties that is for every single believer. In fact, the three duties are this, giving, praying, and fasting. How do we know that? Because in Matthew chapter 6, you can read it yourself. Jesus says when you give, not if you give, when you pray. Not if you pray. And when you fast, not if you fast. This is supposed to be a normal part of the Christian life. 
I love how one author put it. He, he says it like this, that fasting is not ultimately about the things that you're letting go of, but rather it's about who you're allowing to take hold of you. It's not about you letting go of something, right? It's rather who's taking a hold of you. And on that same note, I also want to mention this, that fasting is not a means that we can twist God's arm. So that's not what it's about as well. Fasting is not a way for us to say, God, you, you need to do this. I'm making you do this. God is not our servant. We are his servants. Let's be clear about that. So we're not manipulating God. We're not trying to twist God's arm, right? What I've noticed is that God shows up powerfully in the midst of the fast. We can also say it like this. In fasting, we're not somehow getting God's attention, okay? You're not somehow saying, God, I'm over here. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Over here, God, answer my prayer. Look what I'm doing. I'm so pious. He already has our attention in Christ, amen? He has your attention already. Rather, listen, we are giving God our complete attention. That's what we're doing. We're not asking for his attention. We're giving God all of our attention. And again, listen, I've discovered that when we fast or when I've fasted, that God's rewards show up or, or come to the surface in beautiful ways. What does Jesus have to say about fasting? Let's look at that in Matthew chapter 6. I want you to notice this portion of Scripture. I mentioned it earlier, but let's go into it for a few moments in detail. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, these are the words of Jesus. Notice the first three words. Jesus says this, when you fast, right? It's underlined, when you fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, or the play actors, literally in the Greek, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. They're, they're making a show of it, Okay. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, there it is, that phrase again, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret, there it is, in secret, what? Will reward you. Father will reward you. I want you to notice three different things about this passage of Scripture, the words of Jesus. The first thing I want you to notice again is Jesus says, listen, when you fast, because there's an assumption, okay? There is an, a, a, an expectation that every believer, every follower of Jesus would fast, would, would participate in fasting at some point or another. Number two, Jesus says this, do not disfigure your face. Do not. In other words, don't make a show of it. Don't tell everybody. Don't put on a big theatrical performance. <laughs> I haven't eaten in five hours. <laughs> you should pray for me because I'm just seeking the Lord right now. <laughs> just see, you know, woe is me. I'm so hungry. Look at how holy I am. No, 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 no. Don't disfigure your face. Don't put a picture of you with an empty plate on Instagram, okay? Don't do that, all right? It's like, I want, come on, some of you would do that. I know you would. It's like 120 likes. What? Don't like that post, right? Because if you do that, Jesus says that's your only reward, your like on your Instagram account or whatever it is, your TikTok video, okay? I got your attention, though. 
Number three, Jesus says this, your father who sees, who is in, your father who is unseen will see what you do in secret, in secret, and what? He will reward you. Isn't that amazing? He will reward you. There is a reward to fasting. There's a reward to praying. It's amazing. Obviously, Jesus fasted. But what about who else in the Bible? Because, listen, it's true. In the Bible, there are many faithful men and women who have submitted themselves to God through praying and fasting. I'm going to give you just a few examples. Uh, there are more, but these are just a few to sort of whet your appetite. I've put a biblical reference behind every single one of them. If you want to quickly jot them down and read them on your own, I think that would be of great benefit to you. We'll go through them quickly, though. Moses fasted for 40 days before receiving the commands of God. Deuteronomy 9, 9 through 18. So Moses, he fasted. Second, David fasted for seven days as he prayed for his son. Second Samuel 12, 16. You might remember the story. David's son is sick. A spoiler alert, David's son doesn't make it, and yet David does go on a fast. Esther, phenomenal story in Esther. Esther fasted for the safety of her people. Esther 4, 15 through 17, this incredible woman of God. What a great book. Daniel, you might remember our Daniel series here at Radiant Church. Daniel fasted 21 days as he sought clarity and a vision from God. Of course, we also know that Daniel fasted. Him and the other boys, they fasted. The Daniel fasted for 21 days in the very beginning of the book of Daniel. Next, the Apostle Paul fasted after his radical encounter with Jesus, Acts chapter 9, verse 9. And so we, we see in Scripture throughout the, the entire thread line or narrative of Scripture of faithful men and women fasting, of abstaining from food to seek the Lord, to seek the heart of God. Here's what I want to do with the rest of our time together. I want to outline some, some blessings, or we might call them breakthroughs of fasting. Now, again, there's all kinds of great, like, physical health benefits to fasting. And do your own research and, and read the magazines and the YouTube videos, whatever you got to do, okay? But I want to talk about the spiritual blessings, the breakthroughs that we experience if we participate in a fast. And then I want to show you some basic fasts, followed by what? A challenge for you to participate somehow, some way during the next 21 days, okay? I want all of you to take, all right, to take an opportunity to participate in fasting, whether it's just one meal, one day, that's fine. But I want every single one of you to participate and seek on this level. Here are the benefits from fasting. Number one, number one, there's a renewed hunger for the things of God, right? One of the benefits, I think it's a primary benefit, it's the renewed hunger for the things of God. If, are, are, do you feel like God is distant? Do you feel like you're not hungry for uh, reading the Word of God, for praying, for doing any sort of spiritual disciplines? Well, maybe you should participate in a fast, whether it's one day or whether it's three days, whatever it might be. I love this book from Dave Clayton. He wrote it a few years ago. It's called Revival Starts Here. Dave Clayton wrote this. He says, it's difficult to long for the things of heaven when all the things of earth keep us completely satisfied. Wow. That'll preach, right? It's a bit of a stinger. 
But the idea is this. I think Dave's right, right? Many of us have cultivated a, a love for the things of this world, right? We, we've sort of filled, we have these spiritual appetites, but we've filled them with, spirit or with physical and material things like money and social media and food and indulgence and popularity and, uh, again, material possessions, whatever those things might be. B, we fill it with entertainment, right, with board games. And I like board games. No, I don't, not really. Um, but we may play games, entertainment, video games, right? We're filling our appetites with physical and material things. And let's just be honest. Listen, we are a culture of consumption. And fasting, that's why I think fasting is also a countercultural discipline. It's a countercultural discipline. Why? Because we're a culture of consumption. And let's be honest, church, we don't just eat, we indulge, okay? We indulge. We don't just watch a show, we binge watch Netflix, okay? We binge watch Netflix while binging on potato chips and pie at the same time. This is sort of the American culture. This is sort of the American lifestyle, right? Listen, I want to be honest with you. We, in our household, we, we can't even buy a bag of Doritos, okay? We can't. Uh, there's a sister out there who understands my. Uh, yeah, I am preaching. Thank you. We can't even buy a bag of Doritos, okay, in my household. Why is that, Pastor Marco? I'll tell you why. Because a bag of Doritos will last seven minutes in my household. That's why. We have no self-control, right? We would just rip through the bag. We've tried it, and we've failed every single time. So we just cannot even buy a bag of Doritos, okay? We are indulging, though, in all the wrong things, okay? We don't just check Facebook. We don't just check our Twitter feed. We engage in hours of meaningless scrolling, which, by the way, is only shortening our attention span, and it's diminishing our ability to critically think. I've read the books, okay? Cal Newport, Digital Minimalism, phenomenal book. He talks about it. I'm reading a book right now called The Shallows, What the Internet Does to Our Brains. It's diminishing our ability to reflect to think critically, and to focus. Why? Because we're constantly going, right? These quick dopamine hits. So when it comes to reading a book, we can't even read a book for longer than two minutes. Why? Because we're losing our ability to focus. You see, fasting has a way of loosening our grip on the world. And as we empty our stomachs, we only realize the emptiness in our souls, right? It's here where God begins to fill us with a hunger for his word, a hunger for his presence. Here's what Jesus says. He says this, Matthew 5, 6, Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are those who what? Who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If you want to hunger after something, Jesus tells us, be hungry, thirst for righteousness, and we will be filled. So listen, I love that fasting renews a hunger for the things of God. Number two, fasting brings clarity in prayer. Clarity in prayer. So often, 
But fasting will open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to hearing from God like no other time. So often and so many times when we fast, we will gain clarity in how to pray, how specifically to pray. Listen, I always recommend this to people, to people, to families, to couples. In fact, I've, I've fasted with some of you in here. You've reached out to me and you've said, I am praying for A, B, or C. And I've suggested, my wife, we both suggested you should fast for three days. And we fasted with you because we know you're praying for a certain thing. And we've prayed with you. And every single time, I feel like this is, it's not like you've automatically got the answer, but at the end of your fast, there's clarity, there's focus in what the next step that you should take is. This is what God does during seasons of fasting, right? I've told you the story before, I'll just, I'll tell it again, just in case you've never heard it. When we were um, launching Radiant Church, we hadn't had a single service yet, I didn't know where we, where we were going to meet we still didn't have a location. People are like, where are we going to meet? I'm like, I don't, that's a great question. I don't know, right? So, <laughs> and I don't even know how they followed me still, but they did. It was amazing. And so mid-July, end of July, I, I was like hitting the panic button just a bit. And I talked to one of my overseers, one of my mentors, uh, Lee Cummings, and I called him on the phone. He says, what's, what's, what's going on? I says, we don't have a place to meet, and we're going to launch in like a month and a half. I says, I'm a little worried right now. He says, all right, you need to go on a three-day Daniel fast. I says, I'm in. So I did it. Can I just tell you, at the end of that fast, there was open doors. I had met with someone to go see Bangor Central Elementary, and those doors were being opened literally at the end of my fast. God was answering my prayer. I love clarity in prayer, our second benefit. Finally, number three, freedom from strongholds. Freedoms, freedom from strongholds. What is a stronghold? Well, a stronghold is anything that holds you captive from the plans and the purposes of God in your life. That's a stronghold, right? It holds you in bondage. It holds you captive. It's a sin that you, you simply cannot seem to break, right? You always go back to it. You have this propensity to lie or this propensity to cheat or steal. It's a sin. It's a stronghold in your life. In Mark chapter 9, the, the disciples are wondering, why can't they cast out this demon from this child? And Jesus says that some things can only be, or some things can only come out through praying and fasting. What he's talking about there is that there are sometimes, there are some battles, listen, that we need to go into deeper fellowship with the Father first before we can engage in battle. And so we fast. Strongholds, right? Are you bound by a stronghold? Let me ask you that question. Are you bound by a sin? Are you bound by sexual sin? Are you held captive by greed? Well, my, my, my dad was greedy, and, and now I'm greedy, and then I don't want my son to also have a stronghold of greed in his life. Well, maybe you need to fast and pray for this stronghold to be broken. Are you addicted? Are you addicted to social media? Listen, it's reported that we touch our phones 2,600 times a day. That's a light user. An average user or a heavy user, the research says 5,400 times a day you touch your phone. 54, can you imagine what you could do with that amount of time? 
5,400 times. It's just always this. Could you imagine what you could be able to do with that time? Praying, memorizing scripture, seeking the Lord. What would God do? How would God show up in your life? Do you need to break a stronghold in your life? So number one, renewed hunger. Number two, clarity in scripture. Number three, freedom from strongholds. Let me now just take a few more minutes here. And I want to describe some basic fasts. I want you to go to radiantbc.com today. I want you to click on the the, the seek graphic on the home page. You got to scroll to the bottom. It'll take you to another page. There will be a free fasting guide for you. I want you to download that. It's five pages. Read it, study it, and ask God what fast should you participate in. Some common fast, a water fast, abstaining from all forms of food and drink other than water, of course, right? Anytime you do a long-term fast, please, please, please seek a medical professional because everyone has a different health predicament. So make sure if you're going to do a long-term fast, seek a doctor. Number two, a juice fast, abstaining from, uh, abstaining from all solid food and only drinking juice and water. There's Daniel fast, Daniel fast eating only vegetables and abstaining from meats um, and sweets and alcohol, things of that nature. Uh, selective meal fasting, abstaining from certain meals and snacks throughout the day and only eating a reduced amount during a single designated meal time. So maybe every day for three days you, you fast your lunch, you fast breakfast. Right? I'm going to attempt a 16-hour fast every single day for the next 21 days. I'm going to fast from 6 p.m. to 10 a.m. Okay, so pray for me. But I'm gonna, that's, what, that's what I'm going to attempt for the next 21 days. Media fast. Abstaining from the normal routine of entertainment, social media, etc. So if you're a big binge watcher of Netflix shows or social media, maybe you're going to fast that for a certain amount of days. And you're going to fill that time in with time with the Lord. Reading your Bible, praying, seeking after the heart of God, memorizing scripture, Whatever you uh, abstain from, make sure you fill it with things of God. Worship, that would be great as well, right? So those are some things that you can fast from. Again, I want you to go to RadiantBC.com, download that free guide. And the last question is this, how long? How long do I fast? Well, I can't tell you that answer. That's between you and the Lord, okay? However the Lord would lead you. Maybe it's just one meal for the next seven days, okay? Every single day. Maybe it's just a few hours. Whatever that might look like, however long is between you and the Lord. But if it is a long-term fast, make sure you seek medical advice because, again, all of us are in a different place when it comes to our personal health. Finally, as we wrap up this message today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to join your fasting with specific prayers. Okay? I want you to join your fast with specific prayers. What are you praying for? What will you pray for? Maybe it's a marriage hanging by the thread. You're going to fast and you're going to pray for your marriage. Maybe it's a wayward child, children. So you're going to fast and you're going to say, Lord, I want my son to know Jesus. God, I want my daughter has walked away from you. And God, here I am submitting my life in prayer and fasting to you. God, would you open up blind eyes, deaf ears, God, that I want them to know you. 
Maybe you're praying for an addiction in your life. It's alcohol, drug abuse, sexual addiction, whatever it might be. doesn't matter. Social media addiction, God, I'm fasting. I'm offering my life to you right now. I'm emptying myself to be filled up with who you are. God, here I am. Break every stronghold in my life, God. God, I want to be free. I don't want to pretend like I'm free. God, I want to be free. So you're going to pray over the next 21 days. God, would you break this stronghold in my life? Maybe it's a financial decision that you have to make in the next few weeks. Maybe it's a relationship issue that you have to make. It's a decision that you have to make. And so you fast and you pray and you pray specific prayers. God, would you give me boldness and the strength to make the right choice here, God? You know what I should do. I know what I should do, but God, I need the strength. I need the courage to make this decision, God. God, we need to figure out what house are we going to buy. We're looking at moving. Lord, Pray, I want you to fast with your spouse if you can. Maybe it's just one meal, and that's okay. That's awesome, but agree. Come into agreement with your husband or with your wife. What meal will you fast? And during that time, I want you to pray together with him or her. And begin to seek God in very specific ways. And here's what will happen. God will show up in power. There will be clarity in prayer. There will be renewed hunger for the things of God. Right? There come this power, the presence of Jesus. And I want you to go before the Lord. And finally, I want you to pray this. Would you just pray this with everyone else? An increased hunger for God in Radiant Church. Would you pray that? An increased hunger for the things of God at Radiant Church. And me and you and all of us corporately together. These next 21 days, what would God do if we all seek him, if we corporately fast? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Um, and God, I, I just challenge our church, God, to participate and seek on some level. Lord, on some level. It, it, it won't all be the same, and that's okay. But God, you'll speak to us as individuals on some level. So Lord, as we leave here, would you speak to our hearts? Would you, um, would you show us how it is that you want us to engage and seek, Lord? And Lord, I pray, God, that you would show up in the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. You'd bring renewed hunger, God. You'd bring uh, a clarity in prayer, God, and you would break every stronghold, God. We would walk in freedom and in victory. So, Lord, we love you, God. Give us courage to seek you over these next 21 days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Listen, can we clap our hands for the Lord this morning?